for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the broadcast. Good to have you with us. I am really excited about tonight's program. Anytime we get together and we talk about Scientology, I'm telling you, not only do we get some of the largest audiences we ever have in the live broadcast. But then when we get over into the replay, <laughs> uh, it's, it's incredible. And, you know, I understand why people are just fascinated with this whole idea of Scientology. And I mean, everything about them is, is just fascinating how much money they have, their weird practices, how they seem to be able to skirt the law and uh, tonight, our good friend Tony Ortega is back with us. Uh, he'll be with us at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. And uh, we're just looking forward to getting an update on so much in the news, including the arrest of Danny Masterson, the allegation that the church tried to quiet his accusers. We've talked about that before on the show. Also, we've talked about coronavirus and Scientology and why that's all nutty in its, in its own separate way. And then I read some articles about Scientology getting um, huge amounts of money uh, from, uh, you know, the, the uh, government, uh, the government bailout, the, the uh, so-called stimulus money. So they they dipped their hands in the trough and got a bunch of that money also. So we'll talk about all of this uh, tonight in our guest segment at 930. Um, so much to get into. I want to also tell you about next week, a really special show lined up for you. Um, as many of you know, we were really on the cutting edge following the story of the Golden State Killer. Even months before he was arrested, we had the author on of the book that really broke this case open. And Keith Comos, uh, he'll be back with us again Next week, because the Golden State Killer, uh, as many of you may have heard in the news just recently, uh, has pled guilty and will now serve the rest of his life in prison, avoiding the death penalty. And there's so many questions to ask about this. That'll be in our next week's guest segment. So don't miss that a week from tonight. And of course, we've got a sponsor like we have every week. And I've got uh, for those watching on the video feed, you can actually see this. I don't know if you can see it too well because it's kind of, there we go. There's a better angle. This is a really incredible collectible coin, and it, it is a, a Trump collectible coin. And you can actually get this for free. They have limited quantities, but you can get it for free. And um, we made a deal with them. Um, I'll, let me tell you what it is. Uh, they're giving away these beautiful Trump coins. Mine is actually a silver coin. But they're giving away gold ones right now, and you can get it for free. And the reason they're giving them away is because once they get you to their Trump merchandise website, they hope you'll buy some other Trump merchandise. But you don't have to. You can just get your free 
Trump coin, and uh, that helps out the show. So we get a little bit of money every time you go get a free Trump coin, which is a really cool collectible. Whether you like Trump or not, it's a cool collectible, and it's free. You just pay your own shipping, and uh, we get a little bit of money every time we give away one of these Trump coins. So go grab your free Trump coin. Here's how you do it. Simply go to coin.christianmoney.com. And we have a little announcement like this at the beginning of every show. That way we can do this commercial free. So help out the show tonight. Get your free Trump coin. You don't have to buy anything else. Just pick up your own shipping. Go to coin.christianmoney.com. Tonight's sponsor, coin.christianmoney.com. I posted a video this morning. My wife and I had an opportunity uh, to stay overnight at a really posh hotel over in Winter Park. Now, if you've never been to Winter Park, Florida, it's just outside of Orlando. And the best way for me to describe it to you, no kidding, is it's like our Beverly Hills. It really is. It's, <laughs> I mean, I can't buy anything there. That's how ritzy it is. I, I literally, I'll tell you one time I made the mistake. I went into the men's uh, clothing store there on Park Avenue in Winter Park. So I go in because they had a big sign up that there was a sale going on. So I went in and um, the guy comes up to me and starts measuring me and so forth. And he says, we've got some great sales going on on sports coats. And I said, wow, that, that sounds great. I could possibly go for a new sports coat. So he starts bringing out some sports coats for me to look at. And of course, I ask what the price is. Now, this is the sales price. They were going for seven or eight hundred dollars. Just the jacket, just the sports coat. <laughs> I mean, of course, there's two or three shops there where you can buy the Rolex watches and all that stuff. Um, I, I don't have that, that kind of money, uh, but it's fun to visit that area. And as I told my wife, I said, we can pretend we're rich for a day. But let me tell you what we did. I did a video on this this morning. It's up on my Facebook. It's up on my YouTube. And it's all about how to get into these five star resorts now that the coronavirus is going on nobody's traveling and these beautiful five-star resorts are sitting empty so we got to stay at the incredible Alfond inn um which is right there off of park avenue in winter park beautiful beautiful place we got to stay there for less than half of what it normally would cost and we had a great time it was just like a one night type of a trip but I did a little video. You'll find it on my YouTube, on my Facebook, from the hotel. I filmed it out by the pool, just talking about how to find these deals and what are some of the things you need to be careful about during the COVID situation. Uh, for example, you don't want to book a hotel and find out that all the amenities are shut down, <laughs> which could be bad, right? That you decided to pick a hotel and all the amenities are, are closed up. So uh, check out my video. You'll find that over at Facebook and also on YouTube and also over on Instagram TV. Uh, a lot of, a lot of people like to check out these beautiful hotels. I do. Uh, I like to usually check them out by like going in to the lobby area uh, and maybe buying a candy bar or something. <laughs> but this way I got to actually stay there and it was really cool and a lot of fun. And we had a great time. Okay. So what I want to start with tonight is, um, this whole situation, uh, with the media and how they're reporting on COVID-19, um, is really fascinating to me. Now I know that there's been an argument going for weeks, whether or not the media is, uh, exaggerating things or 
sort of highlighting one perspective on this or not. And that's been up for debate. I really don't think that can be up for debate anymore, that the media is clearly uh, making this into as negative of a shocking story as they possibly can. And let me tell you what I'm talking about right now. The headline should be, wow, OMG, look at the look how low the death rate is. In fact, if you take the time to look at the statistics, you're going to be shocked because even though the number of cases is is spiking, we're not seeing that spike in the deaths. Yes, the deaths have gone up some. But if you look at the charts, you'll see what the experts are seeing, which is that the death rate is actually going down substantially. And I want to play this clip for you from a guy that makes more sense than anybody on this topic. He's with the Hoover Institute, and his name is Dr. Scott Atlas. Just take a minute and listen to this clip and tell me if this does not make a whole world of sense to you. Uh, here's Dr. Atlas. We see that, first of all, the most recent calculations are that the infection fatality rate is far lower than what we originally thought. In fact, the latest data shows that it's 0.04% for people under 70. And what that means is that it's less than or equal to seasonal influenza for everyone under 70. You're not going to hear much about that because it sort of goes against the fear and panic in the media. It's only sensationalized when it's bad news for some reason. But that's good news. Okay, that's point number one. Point number two is that we have learned who to protect, and that's the very elderly people with serious underlying diseases. And how do I know we've learned to protect them? Okay, we're looking at the data. We knew that early on, half the people almost in the country, it's 43 or so percent, were nursing home patients who died from this. What are we seeing now with these rise in cases? It's actually, I think it's, it, I'm cautiously optimistic here because we're seeing a lot of cases, but we're not seeing any increase in cases in older, high-risk people. And we're not seeing any increase in deaths. And these are the people that die. And so we have to look at this cases focus very carefully with what I would basically say is critical thinking here. Okay. It is not, it never was, and it never can be a policy goal to stop all COVID-19 infection. That's neither rational when there is a contagious disease present, nor is it necessary. It is only necessary to make sure that the, the very high risk group doesn't get infected. And we're being very successful with it. In fact, it's, it's sort of remarkable if you look at the numbers of the increase in cases, which is, of course, expected. And I'll tell you why in a second. The increase, the dramatic increase in cases and no increase in deaths, even though, yes, we still have to wait to have the final word on this. But right now, we're talking over a month of increased cases. Okay. The date of increased cases corresponded basically to the first week or so of June. That corresponds to the big protest marches. It does not correspond in any way, no matter how many people claim it does, because they're not looking. It does not correspond time-wise to any states that have had any kind of relaxed opening. Wow. Does that guy nail it or does that guy nail it? 
Dr. Scott Atlas. And I love the last thing that he said. There's so much there to break down. But the last thing he said was that there is no correlation between the spike and the states relaxing uh, their restrictions. That's important. The second thing that's important is if you caught what he said, that the death rate of coronavirus has now dropped to be about the same, maybe even less than the seasonal flu. Why is the media not reporting this? Why is the media not reporting this? Why is it all about the increase in cases? And there's so much more on this. If you want to do your homework on this, I read several articles over the last two or three days, too, about the report of all these hospitalizations. They're talking about hospitals being full or close to full. And then if you actually drill down into those numbers to find out how many cases are actually related to COVID, um, there's a large number of cases that are not related to COVID. Uh, Some of these hospitals are just busy hospitals and COVID is not the whole story of what's going on at some of these hospitals. Um, and then you're hearing stories, too, about, well, all the morgues are full. I, I've always had a question about this, even in New York City. Um, when someone dies, how long do they stay in the morgue? I mean, how how long does that happen? You know, I, I don't deal with dead bodies as, as part of my living but but i've had family members pass away and and when my father passed away um the funeral home came and got his his remains like within a couple of hours so i don't know i mean i don't know how long bodies have to stay in morgues i don't know how morgues are overflowing i i don't understand that part of it maybe that is legit reporting i simply don't know but i don't trust the media Because for some reason, they don't want to tell the whole story. And what they want to do is focus on number of cases. I mean, really, the headline has to be, wow, look at this spike in cases, but we don't see the same spike in deaths. As we find more and more cases, because we're testing more and more people, we're learning that the death rate is going down. Now, that's for a lot of reasons, right? We know that a lot of the cases are are younger people and and the spike is related more closely to the weeks of the BLM protests not to the relaxing of the standards by the states that's statistically proven we know that most of the cases now are younger people we've learned a lot about this disease we've learned how to keep people alive longer how to how to get people off ventilators more quickly So all of this to me is good news. You see, we started this whole thing with flatten the curve because we don't want to overwhelm the hospitals. We never started this with the goal that it wasn't going to spread, that we were somehow going to have zero cases at some point in time. But that has now become the new narrative that uh, the Trump administration has failed. The government has failed because we haven't completely wiped this out. There is no vaccine for it so it is what it is and honestly um the other problem too i think that people have is like in my little county of flagler county um we're a small area we we've had five deaths over the entire uh ordeal in our county we've got just over a hundred thousand residents in our county 
but yet you should see uh, the hysterics in in our newspaper here and the the people commenting. Uh, it, it's the end of the world. And, you know, I'll occasionally post in our newspaper. I'll put my own comments up there on some of these stories. Stop watching CNN. Stop drinking the Kool-Aid. Look at our county statistics. Our county in the in the state of Florida has some of the lowest numbers, but yet people don't look at that. And and this is this is what we're talking about. It, it began with all of you science thumpers saying that conservatives were not looking at the science. Now we're looking at the science more than you're looking at the science. You don't want to look at the science. You don't want to look at the death rate. Forget about that, because that's not that doesn't further your argument. You don't want to talk about what's happening in specific areas. What made the most sense to me in the very beginning of all this was that this should be looked at on a county by county basis. That is, if your county doesn't have very many cases, very many deaths, then your county could operate as normal and, and, and other counties could make their own decisions. It, it shouldn't be a one size fits all uh, nationwide deal. And we're afraid to make a comparison to the flu. Not sure why people die from the flu. We're afraid to make that comparison. But to me, the headline is the wonderful news that despite the spike in these numbers, the death rate has dropped down to 0.04, as Dr. Scott Atlas just said in that clip, which brings it down uh, to levels of the seasonal flu, if not lower. So I wanted to share that with you for openers. I'm personally positive. I'm not positive for coronavirus. Don't panic. Uh, I, I'm, po I'm positive about the situation. Um, and maybe the truth is that herd immunity is the answer. I know people laugh at that, but that has worked over in Sweden. It's worked in other areas. Um, you know, if everybody gets it then and, and not very many of us die, then it's kind of over, right? It just washes over the country. And and the death rate is is tiny. And and uh, if you look at the um, uh, the statistics, I should clarify that what he said in the clip was people over 70, um, their death rates higher. And those people need to be protected. Those people need to be quarantined and secluded and all of that. But the people under 70 have this this very tiny, very low death rate, which I think is really the key uh, to having the right perspective on this. Just my viewpoint. All right. Now, this was strange. I put this up on my social media. Maybe of anything I posted today, it got the biggest reaction. The Texas Division of Emergency Management uh, is advising residents to consider wearing a mask at all times, even inside their home. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I, I still laugh and maybe I shouldn't laugh at the poor people where you see them driving down the road. And they're in a car by themselves with the mask on or they're on their bicycle. Nobody's around them and they've got the mask on or they're out jogging by themselves. They've got the mask on. Um, some of this has gone too far. Um, it, it really has. I mean, now we're going to scare people and tell them that they have to wear the mask inside their own house. <laughs> I had read an article that was warning people when you're having sex to be sure you wear the mask. Now, now, please. <laughs> this is a family show and let's not even go there. But but I mean, how crazy are we going to get with this? So people are exploding about that. Now, here's another story that will outrage you. Um, the St. Louis police have seized the gun. You remember that couple 
um, that they were out in front of their big mansion in St. Louis, their lawyers, and they have this big, beautiful mansion and the uh, BLM protesters were approaching their home. Uh, they were in their neighborhood. I guess they had knocked down a fence that was out on the barrier of their property. So so he comes out with an AR-15. His wife comes out with a handgun and they made national news because they were out there to protect their property. So uh, the St. Louis police, I'm not sure how they justified it, but they they got a search warrant, uh, searched this couple's home and actually confiscated this attorney's AR-15 um, for simply having it, for having it and standing in front of his house with it. Now, I don't know what law that that violates to stand in front of your house with a firearm. I don't know. Um, but but apparently there are no charges, but they've just taken away his AR-15. Um, it's a legal firearm to own. I don't know what the issue is, but uh, that's another story people are outraged about. Mitt Romney never, ever misses a story, <laughs> never misses a chance to jump in and uh, uh, and pounce on Trump. So here's Mitt Romney's uh, latest uh, comment. Mitt Romney calls Trump's decision to commute Roger Stone's sentence quote, historic corruption, historic corruption. And apparently they're going to be, there's going to be some uh, uh, Robert Mueller's coming back. Yes. The exciting Robert Mueller, uh, the special prosecutor, he's coming back uh, to testify in front of the Senate. There's going to be hearings about Trump's commutation of the sentence of Roger Stone, all of that. I'm not really sure what the point of all this is. We've got an election coming up. Let's settle it uh, with the election. But uh, that's now percolating. Oh, this one you love. Uh, this is another story exploding on my social media. Uh, the federal government has denied the governor of Minnesota, Governor Waltz's request for aid to rebuild Minnesota uh, after the riots. Um, they were looking for uh, help in paying for a half a billion. That's $500 million dollars in damages uh, to Minneapolis. And they're looking for the federal government to step in and pay the bill after they told their own police to stand down and, and to let this happen. I'll tell you, I've seen some videos of Minneapolis and it looks like a war zone. It absolutely looks like a war zone. And they decided that they were going to let these protests go on and they they largely told the police to stand down. And, uh, you know, we had uh, re, uh, retail stores burned to the ground, police cars burned to the ground, looting, uh, all kinds of crime. People running through the streets. Uh, it, it was it, it was clearly not about, in my opinion, the death of George Floyd, but it was about a, just a, a chance to go out and do major damage. Um I mean, and some of these businesses will never come back. Many of these businesses that were burned to the ground were black owned businesses. Uh, not sure how that makes any sense to do that uh, in, in this situation. Uh, but it's not about violence. It, it, you could protest all you want. God love you. That's fine. Um, you know, I'm with you. I didn't agree at all with with how the police handled George Floyd. I thought it was a travesty. Uh, I love the fact that uh, the officer uh, responsible is now charged with murder and is, is, is in prison, uh, facing, facing trial. All of that's great. The system is working. Uh, but now Minneapolis looking for the federal government to step in 
and uh, give them a $500 million check to pay the bill for uh, the riots. Not going to happen. The government turned them down. And then Don Lemon. I have to tell you, Don Lemon has got to be my least, least favorite person on TV. Um, I don't know what it is about Don Lemon. Uh, he used to not be this way, by the way. I, I didn't always dislike Don Lemon, but it, it's it's like the 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 management of CNN has told Chris Cuomo, Don Lemon, uh, they've just let them off the leash to just do whatever they want to do. And just I mean, they, they literally now say crazy things, I mean, things that don't make even any logical sense. So here's the quote from Don Lemon this week. I'm not kidding you. This is his quote. Quote, Jesus Christ admittedly was not perfect when he was here on this earth. End quote. That's the quote from Don Lemon. Now, whether you're a Christian or not, whether you have a Christian faith or not, I mean, the idea that that Christ himself said he wasn't perfect. I mean, you could have a first grade understanding of, of biblical principles and you would know that that's not true. Christ that's what he came for, to live a perfect life and to be the perfect sacrifice. And he offended a lot of people in saying that. And you just wonder, why use that Why use that example, especially when it's wrong? I mean, you wonder what the education is of some of these people on TV and why they would feel it necessary to come out and say something like that. So we've got that. That There's no apology, no correction of that. Uh, and then Kanye West uh, came out and and. People think he's crazy. I think he's probably making more sense than most people right now. Kanye West said Planned Parenthood was founded by white supremacists doing, quote, the devil's work. Uh, people are sharing that a lot on social media right now. And then this story caught my attention. One quarter, get this, one quarter of New York City renters haven't paid their rent since March. And then I saw another story in Zero Hedge today suggesting that within the next one to two months, we may see the largest wave of evictions in U.S. history, not just evictions, but also foreclosures. The, the headline was something like, um, we're about to see the largest wave of homeless people all at once in the history of the United States. Um, and this is going to be really interesting to watch. Because people have gotten a mortgage forbearance now, uh, in some cases for three, four months. Um, people have gotten a forbearance on their rent for three or four months. This can't go on forever, though, right? Because banks have to collect on these mortgages. Um, you've got landlords that own buildings that have overhead. They've got mortgages of their own. They've got expenses to pay. Uh, so somehow this is going to have to be worked out. I, I don't know how that happens. If they're, they're, they're talking about another stimulus, uh, plan. Uh, you know, I think the mistake might be that the stimulus money goes directly to people and not to some of these landlords, because you wonder how many people might just take the next stimulus money and just pocket it and not pay the rent. And then the poor landlord might be out a few months uh, of rent and then they just leave in the night. I don't know how this is going to be worked out, but we already know that people are leaving the big cities, New York City, for example, in droves. So maybe it'll just be, you know, you wake up one morning and uh, half your apartment building is empty and people haven't paid rent uh, for four or five months. And that's just, you know, that's just what happens. So in any case, a lot of interesting things happening. Uh, the stock market seems to be defying all odds. 
Um, I didn't talk much tonight about cryptocurrency, but Bitcoin's hanging in there right around 9,200, 9,300. Um, I'm optimistic about that, especially with the what appears to be the beginning of a financial collapse in China. People are trying to get their money out of China and Hong Kong in particular. And one way to do that, to expatriate your dollars, is to buy Bitcoin. And uh, I think that's why we're seeing a lot of new money coming into cryptocurrency. All right, we're going to take a one-minute break. We're going to refire the open. When we come back, our good friend Tony Ortega will be here to talk with you and, and me all about Scientology, one of our favorite topics. We'll be back in one minute. Stand by. <laughs> 